Off the Bench is a podcast created by ASCLS that will discuss the scientific and not so scientific ideas in laboratory medicine. We are joined by members of ASCLS, fellow scientists, educators, and researchers, along with those interested in the profession. We share ideas and talk nerdy. And welcome back to Off the Bench. Hey, hey. You're joined today by your host, Sophia Chandrasekhar, and... And me, Doreen Redding. Woo! So today's episode is part one of two, and specifically today's episode is going to be covering advice, specifically for new students. Now, why is it covering advice? Well, this year, Dorian and I both went to the joint annual meeting Mm -hmm. that was in Providence, Rhode Island. And we'll talk a little bit about that first, actually. Dorian, how did you think the joint annual meeting went for you? I think the joint annual meeting in Providence, Rhode Island went spectacularly well. I think that there was a lot of opportunity for networking. We met a lot of cool people. We sat in on a lot of cool sessions. I know some standouts for me were anything transfusion medicine. Whenever I went back to work and I was talking to everyone in my blood bank, you know, I was raving about, oh, I went to the session about babesiosis. I went to the session about low titer group O whole blood donors and all that fun stuff, you know? What about you? What'd you like? Oh man, like I, there was just so much good stuff. There were so many good, like, sessions one of the ones that really stood out to me for one of my favorites was actually about um organism reporting from respiratory cultures and antibiotic stewardship like i thought that was yeah. so good i'm yeah, actually yeah. hoping to collaborate with with uh, the speaker later on to see if we can do something about uh patient stewardship and antibiotic stewardship later so keep your ears tuned listeners maybe sometime <laughs> next year that'd be oh, great that would be- that would be totally cool, especially coming from you as someone who was a presenter at Jam yourself. What? What? Yeah. So I, <laughs> I actually had the opportunity to present a talk on uh, graphics, basically like basic graphic design 101 for the laboratorian. So it cool. went it went pretty good. Uh, yeah. There was some... a plot twist at the end. There was <laughs> <laughs> there there was some technical difficulties uh that i think made it a great learning experience uh for example when you plug in a laptop to look at your notes make sure the podium that you've plugged it into is actually on because the podium was not on and the laptop i had to borrow uh died like three quarters of the way through I mean, so, you know, just, just a little technical difficulties. It's no big deal. <laughs> Great learning opportunities, fantastic stories. And actually there was another session that was my favorite. Um, Dorian was also a part of it. We had our first ever uh, live off the bench game show, yes, which did. was, I think, one of my favorite things from Jam. I think it, it was, went so well. It was so much fun. We had three great participants who were kind enough to join us on stage in front of everyone to participate in this game show this laboratory trivia game show and was that we had i think three it was like three varying levels of hardness of questions five questions each and then there was like lab and pulp culture and then we did like um what's it it was a sort of like a a top 100s or top five things from each list that we had polled people on so things like what are the top five things that people say in the lab and they had to try to guess that that was fantastic and if you want to hear how it went you can actually listen to it it is the uh the june podcast episode we recorded it and also made it available for a podcast episode um 
it was posted early July because it took me a while to edit, which was also a learning experience, which is great. But um, it was a really great show. So you should definitely check it out on the June podcast episode. It was two months ago. Oh, do you remember what the name of our winner was? Audra. Audra. Audra was our winner. Yes. So for so the winners, whoever was the winner, I had a four inch tiny trophy. It was so cute. That said lab query check, uh, lab jam query check winner. It was amazing. And I have a fantastic photo of her just holding it up in the <laughs> air with We Are the Champions playing. Oh my gosh. She Absolutely. was every so all three Over of our contestants moon. were fantastic. Everyone was fantastic. Oh That's my right. god. So yeah, it was so cool. All the participants. We had Audra, we had Marianne, we had Jennifer. They were all such amazing sports about everything. And they were all totally working the crowd. They were getting in, you know, their volunteers, their lifelines. It was it was a whole fun time. It was so absolutely amazing. Highly recommend you guys go check out that episode. I think highlight. you should. It is. And should we start a petition to have one of those at every gem from now until forever? I think I... we should. Um, <laughs> if you would like us to have more query checks in the future, we're going to try to have one next year uh, at the... Uh, Joint annual meeting 2024 in Pittsburgh. I will not be there, unfortunately, but yeah, Dorian will be there. Womp I womp. Yeah, I won't be there. Uh, Dorian will be there. And we're going to hopefully have another game show and hopefully we'll get more people involved. I would love for this to be a yearly thing. We just Absolutely. need people who are interested and excited to be part of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's your favorite thing about Rhode Island? Rhode Island was so cool. That whole little downtown area they had going on. It was so walkable. It was easy, breezy, beautiful. It was so cool to be out and about and walking and all the food. Oh my gosh. Yes. Every time I left during a break to get the food, I knew I was at, in for a good time, you know? So so for clarification for our listeners, we were in Providence, Rhode Island. And yes. oh, yeah, the food was so good. We had so noodles. good. We had burgers. We had ramen. We had tacos. We had oh, tacos were good. Uh, Name one thing we didn't have while we were there. I gosh. can't. We had the ice cream. <laughs> oh, the ice cream was so good. Uh, there so was, many local oh, shops. There was this one shop that I, was just like fries. Their whole shtick was fries. And it was delicious loaded <laughs> fries, which was so good. Oh, man. Uh, so Shout out to you, Providence, Rhode Island, for having amazing food and also gorgeous architecture. Like, so oh, beautiful yeah. to walk around. So yeah, nice. Yeah. And that river walk? Oh, so pretty. Oh, my gosh. And they had so many fun events, too. When we went on Saturday night, there was a water fire event. The yeah. water was on fire. There was fire on the water. Everyone was gathered around to look at the fire on the water. It was such a communal activity. It was basically like a giant farmer's market at night. And who doesn't love both of those vibes individually and together? That was really cool, too. Yeah. Actually, so the... So I think the coolest thing for me was that it was the first time I've ever actually seen those gigantic like wind gener like wind power wind generators. I forget what they're called, but it's like they're massive. The the what are those called? We do we do biology science. We don't do mechanical <laughs> science. Um, we're talking physics. What are you I, talking about? It's like a turbine. Yes, a, a wind yes, mill? A turbine wind turbines they had those they had those wind turbine energy they had a bunch of those there it's my first time ever seeing one and there are many and they were massive and i was watching them in awe and i might have just stared for like a good minute 
and oh probably gosh. looked really weird to people on the street because I was just staring at the wind turbines. But I thought it was so cool. <laughs> just taking it all in, Sophia. That's it what we were there to do. That's what yeah. Jam's all about. Taking it all in. Meeting right? people. Like, oh my gosh. Interact. Oh my gosh. We interact with so many people. And actually, because we interacted with so many people, we had something where we called our impromptu impromptu views, which were impromptu interviews. It was Dorian's idea of what if we could interview people, sort of like how we how uh, TikTok and Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts they have those sort of on the street, real quick. Hey, got a quick question for you, sort of thing. Yeah. Anytime I'm scrolling through my feed on any platform, I mean, I just always stop. I'm like, oh, this will only take a minute. I want to see what the people of the world are saying. And what better way to figure out what the people of the world are saying about CLS, MLS, than about just approaching them in the wild well not really the wild because it was a very controlled environment but (laughs) (laughs) but in an environment where we knew we would get cool people to give us cool responses and we did meet some really cool people yeah there were so many people from so many different parts of the laboratory like either directors or field tech reps sales stem cell processing um that we we went around we asked them questions and we asked them questions in a way that we could divide them up into two episodes. So this mm-hmm. first episode is really more about advice for new students or new graduates who have just entered the profession from yeah. people who have been in the profession for a hot minute, right? Or people who have even retired or brief, from the profession. Or people who are still about to enter the profession. Exactly. We had all of the prof- perspectives coming from all different sorts of angles. That's what it's all about, perspective. And so that, so we'll go into that a bit more in a second. And so our second episode, you know, saved like, oh, well, I'm not a new student. I'm not a new grad. Oh, what, what did you, did you ask questions that I would care about? We do. (laughs) We actually also ask people sort of about like, you know, advocacy, but not advocacy, like on a huge scale, like, you know, advocating Mm -hmm. to your lawmakers and stuff. We, you can do that. Obviously a lot of people do that, but we also ask them specifically how would you advocate for yourself to your friends, to your family, you know? On a day-to-day like, basis, we that's a part of existing in this profession is waking up and choosing to advocate for yourself in this profession. Exactly. So again, two episodes, advocating second episode. This first episode will be advice. And we're also going to play a lot of sound clips from uh, our impromptu view recordings And we figured that way, you know, not only can we talk about the people we talk to, um, but you can also hear the people that we talk to. And we also gave them a platform to try to say stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. We did also cut out a lot of stuff because we had so many good interviewees. There's so many that I, there's no way I'm able to put in all the clips and still have a normal episode (laughs) and also like, you know, not lose my sanity over it. Um, Welcome to Off the Bench. You're here for four hours. (laughs) we're not doing a peter jackson run of off the bench here you know we're not doing the unedited version the snyder cut of off the bench i'm dead the snyder woman's cuts of off the bench (laughs) oh my god so we asked some questions obviously like you know uh what their professions are and here's the upcoming clip my name is Perry Scanlon, and I am from Tennessee, and I work at Austin Peay State University. My name is Leah Adi. I work at the University of Kansas Medical Center. So my name is Kieran Liverpool. I am from New York. I was originally born in Guyana, and I work at Naval Hospital, Portsmouth, Virginia. Hi, I'm Chris Lane, and I work at Lecomte Medical Center in Sparkle, Tennessee. 
My name is Nicole Parham and I work for CHKD or Children's Hospital of King's Daughter in Norfolk, Virginia. My name is Heather Harrington. I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and I work for Allegheny Health Network. I am a stem cell processing technician. My name is Barbara Snyderman. I live in New Jersey. I'm part of ASCLS Pennsylvania because I'm just across the border. And I am retired from a career, 30-year career with orthoclinical diagnostics as a field technical representative. How cool is that, that here we are all together under the same roof of the JAM conference, but we still have all different walks of life in terms of the types of avenues that we've chose to take in the profession, right? I mean, all of these people, they have the same degree, certification, what have you, but all of them have completely different roles. And I think that that's just really cool and a testament to like how diverse our profession is. And I think that that's really cool to talk about. It is. It's I, it's so fascinating. And so not only did we ask them, you know, what their professions were, we also asked them like how they got to their place in their career. Like how did their MLS, MLT career sort of become a thing and how did they even get to that point right and i think one of the most interesting things from every that we got from all the responses is that you can come from all different backgrounds from all different stages and you know everyone has different stories and experiences but that only adds to your laboratory experience right like everyone will come to this profession differently um so here's a clip from barbara Snyderman talking about her patchwork quilt resume. I've had a varied career because I did retire after more than 40 years. And as an MLS MLT, I feel I had so many career options through the years. I, I was always called a patchwork quilt resume. <laughs> I, I was in sales. I, of course, worked at the bench many places or per diem many places. I taught. I was a consultant. I. Uh, just loved everything I did and again I retired from being a field technical representative for, for ortho previously Kodak in the mm. old days mm. uh, installing instruments in laboratories and supporting customers after the sale you know what's kind of cool is like after listening to that I just kind of have this natural smile on my face because I can feel like through the audio that she's smiling and she's like and I loved everything that I do I loved that she loved everything that she did right I love hearing about that and I think that's also real. That's another thing that we got from a lot of people is that, you know, even though we may, you know, have bad days at the job, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. a lot of us like being laboratory professionals. We like mm -hmm. being able to work the bench. We like being a part of patient care, you know, um, and and the, the fact that some people will start out in one scientific career and like still come back to this is another testament to how good it is. I mean, we have a clip here from Heather and her many careers and how she started out in veterinary sciences and how she came all the way back around back to medical laboratory sciences. So my getting to here is a little bit weird. This is actually career number four for me. I started out as a veterinarian uh, working with small animals, so dogs, cats, and I worked in the clinical lab when I was in vet school, and so I knew that I liked lab stuff. Um, eventually, kind of compassion fatigue, burnout, I couldn't do veterinary medicine anymore. Just, it's, it's a very, very rough world. And at the time, my now husband had just proposed and I was planning my wedding, and as it turns out, I was really, really good at event planning and kind of took the weird, world's weirdest career transition and started an event planning business. Um, eventually, I got kind of bored 
and my husband had been a website or a software engineer for about 20 years and he thought I would like it. So I did a web development boot camp and started working and not only did I hate it, I was awful at it. And so I started thinking about what I wanted to be when I grew up yet again. And I missed medicine. I missed working in the lab. I know that I loved it. And so I found a program that would let me do a post-bachelor certificate because I did not want yet another degree <laughs> and went back and got my MLS. And I graduated during the time of COVID and started out, my first job post-school was actually strictly doing COVID tests. It was for a startup out of LA that was contracting with Netflix in Pittsburgh and they were filming multiple productions. So I joked that I did COVID testing to the stars. And they would just, you know, other people would go out, bring the swabs to me and I would do PCR. But I knew that it was a temporary gig because like clearly it's not gonna last forever doing these productions and having to do all these tests. And so I was always kind of looking for a new opportunity and a daylight position in micro opened up and micro and blood bank in school were kind of my jam and like day job fresh out of school, yes. Yeah. And so I did micro for a couple of years and then due to work supervisor circumstances, started looking for something else. And I knew that I wanted it to be a little bit like quirky. Like, mm -hmm. Um, I was always interested in like special heme, special chem, blood bank, and this position in the stem cell processing lab opened up, and I went for it. I was terrified working with patients, but I actually really enjoy it. Yeah, like it's, it's, there's so many different paths people can take, and you can start your CLS, MLS career at any point, because actually like, so for me, for listeners who don't know this, I actually graduated first in 2014 in biology and anthropology so you know i had no idea what cls was i had no idea what ml like the laboratory sciences were uh i grew up in an asian household so it was very much like you know you become a doctor or engineer or lawyer of some sort but i determined i had enough of people um realized i was extremely introverted do not want to deal with people if possible um <laughs> and was like i would like to do something else so i did biology at first and anthropology and i found out about cls from a ad on a bus like literally I was riding the bus to class to my bio lab and I looked up on the Chapel Hill Transit bus system <laughs> and there's an ad there that said do you want a career with that degree and it was like oh like that's, that's like you know? <laughs> yeah I kind of would because I don't I'm I like doing experiments. I love doing the procedures and the lab stuff. I don't like writing up a lab report. <laughs> Who likes writing up a lab, especially the lab reports in college? No one likes writing those. Those are terrible. Like, I somehow made 125% of Advil. I don't know how I did that to this day. Pretty sure it's contaminated. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, so, you know, I was like, huh, that's an interesting ad. And when I went back to my parents' house, like later, like I think later that month, my dad was like, hey, there's a postcard in the mail for you. And it was from the UNC CLS program saying, do you like to solve puzzles? Do you want to solve the patient puzzle and be a part of the patient puzzle solving team? And I was like, you know, that's kind of interesting. And I went to their open house and I listen to about doing laboratory sciences and how you're basically doing the science and you're reporting out the results and no one's asking you for a lab report 
but you're also part of the medical team and how important our, you know, our information is to doctors. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to apply. Next thing you know, uh, I'm in the program and I did two more years of school and here I am years later, still doing CLS. <laughs> I feel like that whole story was like a weird pitch for a rom-com movie. Like you look up <laughs> and you look into the eyes of your significant other. The significant other is your profession. And then it's just a <laughs> montage of you like going through the MLS program <laughs> to like get you to where you are today. I really love that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and the best part is like, I was able to bring in my experiences from biology and anthropology yeah. uh, to my CLS schooling and you know my MLS career full I, circle moment full circle I brought it all back together brought in that um those those biomed classes um where I had to learn about c3 c4 and all that kind of stuff and I was like mm. I don't know what c3 c4 is I don't I don't know these <laughs> things and then later it's like oh this is why it's important which is great because actually someone else also brought that up uh Nicole yeah. and her clip I feel like that was a really big theme in all the people that we talked to, not knowing what CLS is and not really have a concept of what it is that you need to survive as a medical laboratory scientist. But having any sort of real life experience is what makes you good in any profession. And, you know, like Nicole is about to say, um, you can have any experience, do anything, and then it'll work out for you in the long run. Don't discount any of your previous experiences not needed. Everything that you have gone through or that you've experienced or that even you've worked as, I mean, shoot, even a Starbucks barista <laughs> gets you to do time management, yeah. multitask, and that's yeah. exactly what you need to do for your job. So I would say don't discount your previous stuff. It's always useful. Even a Starbucks barista. She is so right. She really is so right for saying that. Even like living in your own home and like cleaning your room. Like that is like personal accountability, that is responsibility, that is time management, all right? That's also organization. Absolutely. Come through blood bankers and their unyielding organization, <laughs> organizing pipettes and everything in the right order, color coordination, anyway, anyway. I was gonna say, I feel like blood bankers are the ones who are, you know, black pens only. So, you know, if, if you're like me and like to write in 15 different colors, maybe that's not Ooh, the place for you. Get out, no. <laughs> I think another common thread too is that is that a lot of us who went into CLS MLS either we there are those who definitely knew about it but there's also a good number who didn't know about it right oh, yeah. and like you know like how do you prepare for a CLS MLS program or even a new job in CLS MLS and that's something we also ask people. Here's a great clip from Heather where she talks about how it's kind of weird to work a job that no one knows exists. No one has heard of us and at times that can be a little bit demoralizing when people just assume, oh yeah, it's the doctors and the nurses who do all the tests. Like, do you even need a degree for that? But honestly, you just have to stay positive and realize it's your job to educate these people and let them know that the lab, we're real, we're smart, we're educated, and we're needed. But yeah, it, it is, I mean, I, I know, I know, I think it's kind of weird to work a job where no one really knows. Like, if you say you're a bio student, everyone knows what that means. If you're, you say, mm -hmm. an MLS. I literally just the other day had lunch with my friend's dad, and we both work in the lab together, except she had a bio degree first, and then just started working in the lab to, you know, be able to test 
to work in the lab, right? And so we have this lunch and he's like, oh, so you're a chemist. And I said, it's a part of what I do. I'm a clinical laboratory. I studied clinical laboratory science and I'm a medical laboratory scientist. And he's like, cool, you're a chemist. And I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm a medical laboratory science and I work in the lab. He's like, oh, you wear scrubs. So, so you're like a nurse. And I'm like, my guy, your own daughter works in this profession. Like, here we are giving you, pumping out the results that you need to know, the things you need to see to give doctors the accurate information that they need. And, and, you know, I could talk about this all day. It's a thing that I love talking about all day. And it is something that we're going to definitely be talking about in the next episode. So be um, sure to listen to that. So, but this is just a really great jumping off point for having this conversation and just really setting the bar for how people even listen about our profession, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it was crazy that when we were asking people, you know, advice that they would give to prospective CLS students, the answers we were hearing were kind of sounding like this. Uh, I would describe it as a little bit rocky, but so far it has been getting the degree was the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Once I got that done, I like my job. I love what I do, um, and I like that I am versatile in the things that I do. So I'm not gonna lie, it 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 was tough. It was tough. I took the exam a couple of times. It's very challenging. Um, it's a four-year degree, right? After my MLT, it took me two years, but you know, it, it gave me the tools and things like that to you know, handle the challenges that's required in our world. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of negative uh, information on social media. You're going to hear a lot of complaining, but you know what? Behind it all, like that's a safe place for us all to be. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a safe place for students going into it. So. I see. Uh, just work through the negative and just know that there, there's something golden inside. Well, all the hard work pays off and having that certification and licensure can really lead to uh, some great job opportunities. So don't quit, struggle through, work hard and uh, there'll be so many options you won't know what to do. I would tell them they would always be stimulated because the career is changing so much. They will always be employed which is one of the reasons my mother said, go into medicine or go into accounting. My sister's an accountant and I became an MLS. It's, it's so interesting. And when I think back to what things were like in the lab when I started, compared to where they are now and how much the new MLSs need to learn and how it's just so fascinating to me, all of the changes in the profession and it's going to quadruple even in the next few years it's it won't be the most financially rewarding as they might want but money is not everything it's something <laughs> but it, you have to be happy at what you do and this is just amazing it is going to be tough it is a tough program to get through it is not the easiest thing I will say uh comparing this to my bio degree when I went through CLS oh man I had so many more tests that it was probably the first time in my college career that I used a planner for more than just like due dates I was writing down like okay I need to do these chapters this day because I have this test on this week and the following week I have another test and I have another test and another test and they're all on different subjects I need to keep track there's it was so hard and you know it was 
it it was hard but it was great it was you were never bored you know like what, what do you think dorian do you think do you agree with that yeah <laughs> um, yeah no i um i i i think that there's there's no way of of going around it i mean um i remember being like uh, the president of like the student society for cls and my college program and we one of the things that we would do is we would invite back like alumni and some of them were people who like went on to med school and got like doctorates and phds and mds and stuff and they would come back and be like you guys this CLS program kicked my butt more than any single year of med school. <laughs> because it's true. The fact that we really are learning so much about every single aspect of medical laboratory science, and it is so condensed, but it is so expansive at the same time. I mean, you talk about cramming just right. for like we, years at a time. Like we became the subject, like we had to become essentially subject matter experts to the best of our to the best of our ability because i mean when doctors call asking questions who do they talk to aside from the directors or specialists they also talk to us you know we we have to be able to answer these questions mm -hmm. and yeah it was it was like crazy mm -hmm. crazy you know there's there's just there's so much changing in this profession there's so many new technologies and honestly like yeah comparing to maybe what my my specialist would have learned when she was going through school versus what we're learning now you know when we're having to what students coming in will have to learn there's so much new stuff we forget when we have students coming through rotation so this is more advice for people who are in teaching hospitals the students are also like they are trying their hardest they are very nervous to be there in a real lab setting you know, they they want to do their best. They want to show up and be the best, but they're also still learning. So, you know, they need grace. Give them grace because they're, they're our future. The students are our future. Isn't that crazy that we're all so super passionate about this profession and we all know that we work so hard to get to the place where we want to be, but we definitely acknowledge that it's like an uphill battle along the way, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's like in, in the thing with everyone is that everyone that I know who wants to talk about MLS, CLS, about working as a medical laboratory scientist, is that we're all, we know how necessary we are, right? Because we are the ones who are looking at these results. We're sort of, um, we're, we're making sure that the results are actually safe to be used, that they're viable to be used, that they're actually accurate to be used, right? And that doctors can act from, from what we give them. And we're all so excited to talk about it. Like you said, like, you know, you could talk about it for days. I could easily talk about it for hours about what it is we do. Like we, everyone who does laboratory is excited. It's like, it's weird to know that not everyone knows what we do, but it's also good to know that those who know what we do are very passionate about what we do. Everyone loves what they do. And even if you don't love what you do exactly at the moment, you at least know the importance of what you're doing and how integral you are to the patient team, you know? No, I mean, it's it's so well said. I mean, we do. We love what we do. I mean, here we are. We're talking about what it is that we love. I mean, you and me, we met while talking about what it is that we love and trying to communicate that to others. And I think that there's something to be said about people who are passionate about the profession and just 
you know, you don't have to be shouting it at the tops of rooftops, but you can just be living your day to day and knowing that you take pride in what it is that you do. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing for incoming students and like new grads. It's that, it's that advice of, you know, again, to sum it all up, right? Like it is weird going into a career that not a lot of people know about. It is definitely mm-hmm. strange. And a, a lot of people are from a lot of different paths of life, a lot of different experiences to come to this. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, no matter what, is that if you stick it out in MLS and you get it into your job and you start doing what you want to do, you will love what you do. You will somehow mm-hmm. it will be ingrained in your DNA and become a part of your personality. <laughs> and, you know, even if you're not super active in ASCLS or like any other societies like AACC, mm-hmm. AABB, um, what's the micro one? Uh, I can't remember their name. I apologize for ASM? that. But yeah, I think ASM. Like ASCP. Even, even if you're not like super active in all of those different organizations, you can still have pride in what you do. And a lot of people love and are proud of the fact that they are in the medical laboratory science field, right? So that's the biggest advice yeah. is that no matter what, for young students and for, sorry, new students and new grads, you know, it's a big, scary world world out there, but there's still a lot of opportunity for you. There's a lot of jobs waiting for you. There are literally like, if there's anything you want to do, you want to travel, you want to stay in one place, you want to work with tech, you want to work with computers. There is so much you can do with this career. At the end of the day, we're just nerds. So, yeah. and, and in the wise words of Confucius, choose a job you love. And you'll never have to work a day in your life. I bet there's some people out there who still haven't heard that very ubiquitous quote. But it's so true to this day. <laughs> yes. The only days you end up working are the days when the analyzer stopped working and you had to like try to troubleshoot them. That's it. That's those. <gasps> but aside from that. <laughs> <laughs> on the so, curse QC days. That's the curse, work. The curse QC days. <laughs> so. Anyways, so I hope this episode was a good episode for you guys to listen to. And again, tune in for the second part of this uh, two-parter series where we talk about self-advocacy, where Dorian uh-huh. will continue her beautiful rant about how you, we you know it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> and we're also going to pair that with other quotes from other speakers from the joint annual meeting. So if you spoke to us or if you had a, if we had a chance to interview you first off, thank you very much thank for letting you. us interview Thank you very much for being a part of this. Um, there, not everyone's clips are going to be used only because some clips were corrupted. Some clips didn't quite turn out right or like some of the audio is a bit wonky, but we still appreciate everything you said. We want to share your information with everybody. We want to share what you said with everybody. So thank you and tune in to the next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>